everyone welcome to my second episode of my three-part series and today following our last episode which we, in that um, we talked about uh, South Korean adolescents and the environment they're going through and you know the different reasons of anxiety and depression that happens which leads to suicide and today we are going to do an extension of what we talked about last time and to kind of give you guys a methods of coping and also dive into something called the social capital based on a research that was conducted on the western and non-western context we're also going to compare western and non-western context and kind of see why suicide might be higher in south korea compared to any other or at least the countries within the OECD. so let's get right into it during the coronavirus pandemic people had to deal with what was now the new normal we had to adjust into the reality that we were living combined in a smaller space of our rooms and distancing ourselves from the people that we were encouraged to interact with when this can be a great time for people to, who cherishes the time they have alone and feels comfortable for extroverts for people who really rely on and really take social interaction as a coping mechanism for many of the different things that they might be going on in my in their lives um, it'll be very difficult for them statistics prove that the COVID situation has directly increased the amount of people suffering from anxiety depression and also a number of suicide or at least suicidal thoughts first of all I'll start with the research paper that I reviewed on of the social capital. So I'll verbally cite the study that I'm using and the article name is called Too Much of a Good Thing, Social Capital and Academic Stress in South Korea. Now this was uploaded to MB NDPI on the social sciences section and it was published on October 23rd of 2020. The study, I guess, is basically looking into the effect of social capital as a method to improve academic success and mental health of of students as well as reducing the risky and deviant behaviors some students might be subject to when they're in a mentally unstable situation what i really want to highlight in the social capital part is what social capital is a social capital is basically the benefit resources and individual gains that comes from social ties social capital can be divided into family social capital also school social capital the family social capital is basically the support the resource and the individual gains that is from your family the family relationship uh, relationship between your parents your siblings the school social capital is basically this coming from the school the administrators and the teachers and this is the difference between the school social capital and family social capital this paper overall really introduces the idea that the social capital can be a solution the solution to all these academic stresses what leads to a lot of suicide in south korea and while the conducting of all of these researches was mostly based on non-western cultures they suggest that uh, not not western cultures they suggest that non-western culture studies should be held and by linking this to the south korean context they explain that unlike western cultures non-western cultures especially south korea we have we tend to have a very stable relationship with family members in general this comes from the background of confucianism we have more nuclear families such as you know two parents mom dad and child therefore they suggest that the family social capital is already happening and the statistics that they put here in terms of 
statistical table suggests that the students understand that they have a good family and that they get support with their parents. While this is the case, in the in terms of academic social capital, they suggest that it's difficult in the Korean context to build a good academic social capital because, again, with the with the idea of Confucianism and the teachers are, the, I guess, the supreme or a higher status in the classroom, it is difficult for students to interact with a, the teachers in a, meth, in a way that leads to more open conversations. The study suggests that even though they, the family have, might have a good family social capital, uh, that the school social capital may be limited due to this uh, education environment. In the Western culture, on the other hand, you know, in the US or the European countries, family social capital is weaker than school social capital. The reason being is because the family social capital Compared to non-Western countries, Western countries has more, I guess, diverse families. They said that because there are um, a growing number of families in in Western countries, which are like one single one parent households, um, and a more unique type of uh, unique type of family makeup, this can be a limiting factor for Western countries in terms of social interaction. Some families, for example, the children of divorced parents can be left at loss and therefore they called family social capital as a good solution to these type of academic achievements and also mental stability of children. However, in South Korea, families are tended family social capital is statistically tend to be good because students are open to talking with their parents their parents are pretty much supportive over their children however the study suggests that in term while it does match with the definition of family social capital the family social capital on the other hand can come as a harm to these students this is because when these students make maintain a good relationship with their parents the environment that the parents or the idea that their parents is embedded in their child may be the reason or the cause of stress as in terms of the family social capital the parents give their children so much they they're the investment of the future as i mentioned in my first episode while this is a good attitude towards you know maintaining good social capital it can be a burning factor and it can be a high stress factor as it's shown in the correlation between academic student stress and also the supportiveness of their family. In terms of the school social capital, South Korea is, in Western culture, school social capital can be improved with increase in friendship and also school counseling and stuff like that. And the study suggests that while this is true for, while this is true for Western countries, in countries such as South Korea, this will be a very difficult part and therefore family social capital must play a big role. In terms of academic social capital, school social capital, friends are a very big part. Here relationships, while South Korea students really enjoy and cherish the times with their peers, the, the people who, the students who said that they had a good relationship with friends also was correlated with high levels of stress and especially academic stress is because while they are friends, they are still a competing member who is aiming for the same college. For example, which is Seoul National University, and this is one ironic factor of South Korean education system and South Korean norm. Yeah, this is the study that I researched on social capital. At the end of the day, the study is saying that there needs to be more research done on social capital, and the social capital can be of more harm than of good. I'll go straight into the five different methods that I've come up with. 
Moving straight into the methods, number one is schedule management. And the reason why I had the idea of schedule management is through my research and also from listening to a speech from the one I mentioned before on why children cannot love themselves anymore, as the person said that the reason why they can't love themselves anymore in this, the COVID situation is because they cannot make maintain a routine life and maintain a routine life is fairly okay by going to school because you have school hours you have homework hours you have like, tutor hours and stuff like that however when you are not going to school and you are everything's on your hands to make your life you know make it to zoom rooms um you're basically planning your whole day out it's pretty difficult especially for teenagers and parents don't get that and what they say is you didn't do anything in the first semester but at the end of the day they made the best of it and you know we students tried our best but it may seem like we aren't doing anything and maintaining a routine life is very important is and that the reason is because by maintaining a routine life we're able to leave a slot of time just for ourselves and it leaves a time for ourselves and separate our work from school and in the coronavirus situation it's very difficult to separate work from school and not even in the coronavirus situation just in general life it's very important to separate work from school especially in south korean context when your life your day is just studying right and i think this is a struggle for many south korean students especially those who go to public high schools who attend school they go to tutor and then they go to library and then they do all their homework and they go come back home there's literally literally no time for yourself and the reason why i really in, in i guess emphasize the importance of self-time it's because this allows you to really think back on yourself and kind of understand what mental situation you are in and kind of reflect on if you're happy today if you're depressed if you're anxious or anything like that and by knowing and kind of recording those type of emotions we're able to see if there's a persistence of depression and which you think might need clinical assistance or the fact that you can talk to your parents about it which is going to be difficult but by having these type of points of reflection you're able to settle down in, in a world in south korea a country that's moving so fast um and just have a time to slow down to reflect on yourself and kind of see if you need the support if you need to change something or kind of figure out what point in the time of the day is really stressing you out right and uh, during this project, I have um, created my own schedule, which consists of a five-day schedule, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the reason why I'm sharing with you this is because I wanted to just give you guys, the, your, the listeners, an idea on how you might be able to do this. And what I did for my schedule is basically I wrote down the time for school. So I can stay focused in school. I've, I've managed all my club times and club blocks and stuff like that. And I have left a big slot of time um, for study after school. And I've diagnosed my sleep and waking time. Now, I'll talk about sleep and morning routines in the next segment. But 
basically I have my school, my extracurricular time that I devoted for a specific time slot, and also kind of gave me time for resetting. And this is is this is between Friday. Uh, Friday early in uh, Saturdays and I gave myself my own time between 1 to 2 a.m. in Saturday and also 7 to 9 a.m. doing um, dog walking or choice activity of studying or either self-care and I've left this open slots of time where I have a choice to study or really enjoy my leisure and because I have listed out everything of my priorities and kind of figured out what is giving me the most anxiety, I was able to kind of give myself a understanding of where I feel anxious and how I might be able to relieve that. Because a routine schedule means that you're getting things done and that, for at least for me, really um, reduce my anxiety and I devoted a lot of time for competitions or something like that so I never feel behind on my extracurriculars and my school day for club time really showed how much time I was devoting to clubs and how much time I had with my friends or family and in this lot of time I really really um feel a lot of I guess uh, a lot of relief from really uh, spending a lot of time with my family and that's one of my main coping methods it's important to realize your coping method to see when you're the most happy and what what methods you can use to uh, get your mind distracted or away from the lifestyle that's bothering you and for me that's really spending my time with my family either it's like you know maybe going on a hike or maybe watching a movie together or going to escape escape room and I think that's really important at least for me I've always left out a spot for that and for example on my Sundays so my Sundays are usually self-care and study days especially for some tests that I have and I leave the afternoon time open between 2 to 9 p.m. so I can really spend the time with my family and the morning time of Sundays are usually devoted for testing so that's that and that is basically what I have I also have a schedule for you know podcast editing and anything like that it's especially uh, because I have this schedule and I've worked with this for I think about three weeks now I know the importance of routines because I was in the same situation as many other people where I felt like my life was falling apart and I couldn't really keep up with a lot of the things that I was doing um, because there were so much things that I was doing but I felt behind on all of them but when I started listing down my priorities and what I can cut down in order to enhance or to develop my time to my priorities I was able to make this routine and I felt less anxious and less depressed due to all the stress and the uncomfortable situation that I was in due to all these type of things that I was doing and as adolescents as a high schooler I think it's completely normal to feel this type of emotions and I had several breakdowns over the COVID situation um, but you know apart from COVID situations I had a lot of breakdowns but just by setting this goal and also realizing what I wanted to do it really gave me a clear path if you have a path if you have a routine then you follow it so I think it's a really good method of coping uh, number two is to Selecting is to select the people around you and this was also from my research and the, re the things 
this selecting the people around you means you just want to surround yourself with the people that really makes you happy but and there's people in your life that might you know spread a lot of negative energy and uh, sometimes if you're friends with them or sometimes if you're in a club or whatnot you might be obliged to stay with a certain person for a certain amount of time per day but i think it's really important that you select the people that you really want to be around and you feel the most happy and i think in this in this, this particular time in society um as also part of south korean um, high schoolers uh i guess there are people who you can uh, i guess they're competitors but they're friends and i think it's important that you select the people around you to be your friend or be your competitor and i think putting overlapping those two roles is very stressful very stressful and therefore i would like um if you would really like to get off the anxious part of your lifestyle maybe to just take the competitor part away or to really put a mask on to say that they are friends not competitors and i think this mindset is really important as well um next one is exercise and i've said from my last episode on the shocking statistics that uh that there was a certain amount of people who did not exercise every day and exercise is just not part of the routine but i personally feel that exercise is a very good method to really get your blood flowing um to change your mood and get yourself ready for the day and some people might exercise after school some people might exercise in the morning but that really depends on you but exercise basically is a method to you know remove all the toxins to get your blood flowing to get your body set for study for work for whatever you're doing and as a south korean student um, exercise is not is not mm, a part of your priorities and i totally get why in terms of the south korean education as a south korean student but i'm lucky enough to go to a school that really cherishes this type of athletics and stuff like that but in terms of just exercising i think that because we have such a tight schedule as a south korean high schooler um exercise can be simple you know just maybe stretching in the morning maybe just um, going for a quick walk with your dog every morning that can be counted as exercise to move your muscles and to learn and feel that you're alive you're not a study machine and i get this sounds cliche but this is the reality and i think just moving your body really gives you life and strength and and just getting away from the desk is a good way to reset your mind um number three is finding the best method of coping and this is finding a hobby and a time for yourself um i really like to you know draw I like I don't like I like to paint I like to draw um, I also like to film my podcasts I like to read and a hobby doesn't have to be something grand like you know going hiking or like you know <laughs> discovering things but I think hobbies really differ from everyone else and like some people say like have one hobby but like I have a lot and I don't find any problem with that um it just a hobby really gives you time to uh, clear your brain and do what you really like and 
this can be some hobbies may be time consuming but i'd rather stick to ones that are not time consuming for example i like to paint and uh i feel that some people might feel guilty doing some of their hobbies and i think if you're doing a hobby and you feel guilty at the time that you spend on your hobby then that is not really your hobby when you're doing your hobby you really like the thing you do and if you feel that you are getting the time of leisure and to set your reset your brain through this activity and therefore it never should feel like uh something um that you're wasting your time for or you could have studied this much more while you're doing this because when you do your hobby when you have the time to reset your mind is more flexible to accepting new information to study and study becomes something that is part of your day not something that's so stressful right and people have different hobbies but as i said before uh i like to paint I have several paintings on in my home and I also like to read and read a fun book please um South Korean students I would highly recommend you to read um these bestseller I guess uh, stories and uh, like novels right it's it brings you and opens your constricted and restricted mind from studying to something more creative and creativity is an important factor especially when you're when you're growing up you're you have a lot of gray space in your brain when you're growing up but that gray matter disappears and when you have a gray matter just i think trying to connect the most connections with this the neurons that, with the neurons that you have in your brain is important then that is not only created by studying but also from getting you know these creative materials and yeah that's hobbies or the next thing and next one is to talk it out I like to talk to myself sometimes when I don't have anyone to talk to, but I really like to talk to my mother about everything. And I think talking everything out is important because it it gives you an impression and it really it gives yourself time to reflect on what you're saying. And sometimes I get a lot of valuable ideas from what I'm saying. And just knowing that there's a person who really understands, who doesn't fully understand, but is there to listen to my, you know, feelings is it's, it's it's a good moral support right and it, this doesn't have to be a parent this can be your siblings um this can be just one of your friends just take the time if you have anything else stuck in your heart then just leave just let it out and um especially during coronavirus uh it's important that we keep up the social connections that by distancing and what what i like to do is I have the closest family members, but I also like to communicate with external members uh, or friends through just going to school on Zoom. That's, I guess, a very valuable time. And um, yeah, so talking it out. And next one is to know yourself. And this <coughs> this might sound like cliche and like, oh, so cringy. But I think it's a very good, important process because a one of the, uh, I guess one of the factors that bothers high school students is they are in a stage of their life where their, way where their brain is changing so much, right? And you are in an identity crisis trying to figure out who you are, and the uh, stage of approximate age when you're an adolescent which is from your teen years into the 20s you have an issue between identity and role confusion and the teenage brain is constantly changing and the prefrontal cortex is making is 
is part is you know the prefrontal cortex which is the part front part of your brain is responsible for making rational decisions but as a teenager the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed meaning that decision making can be really difficult and that's one of the reasons why teenagers can be scolded for doing the wrong thing but at the end of the day biologically you're still a developing child you're you're not you don't have a mature brain right and what this can do is um as an adolescent you have a lot of home restoration and uh that's why you can feel very confused and don't know where to fit in and if you remember from last the last episode you can um step back and see that not fitting in which is and feeling like you're a burden to society is one of the main reasons that push adolescents to the edge and really devoting time to your hobby whatever that may be and kind of looking for what you really like when you study like of course people i personally enjoy you know doing my studies because i like to learn new information i like to go to school and for me school is not a subject of hate it's a subject of i guess uh, cherishment and i really like the fact that i go to school every day um meet, meet friends meet teachers and stuff like that but this is not the truth for anyone everyone else and i think that i had a period of time where i really didn't like to go to school and there was a lot of different factors that was you know intertwined in the reason for that friendship you know academics teachers but um i would say that when i started to look for the good within the bad like for example when i'm studying you know when you really don't want to study like when you start studying and just going to school um there are some subjects that you really like and there's a reason for why you like those subjects but sometimes you just go past by it because you're like oh it's just studying you know for every subject well, what's the difference in these studies but when you start really like looking into the reasons why you like the particular subject and the and you start matching that to the hobbies that you like to do then you can really start to like picture yourself on who and what type of person you are and i really uh uh would like it would 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 you know i i advocate for the mbti test because it really like it allows you to see yourself as a character as in a defined personality and my parents uh, are not a big fan of mbti the reason why is because she said that uh, because they said that they don't like to combine confine themselves to one personality but i think like as adults of course you want to be flex flexible but for adolescents when you're constantly changing i think having a defined personality to know really oh, i am this to say i am this i am that i guess it's another um method or a block of reassurance because every everyone's so because we, i totally understand that the future is so anxious like we don't know the future and therefore that such fear is anxiety you know um and i totally get that because i feel anxious all the time right and i think that's from uncertainty and i think when you have a certainty certainty on your personality at least you know yourself then i think that definition really encourages and really gives like a good clear uh, file around you that is supportive of and decreases anxiety so yeah taking the MTA test i think is a good method to start an approach and uh, one of the last ones is to seek help for depression or anxiety so uh as i've mentioned before seeking help is very difficult in south korea but i mean there is a lot of institutions that you can go to but it's just resistance you know and i think for, from my research i've learned that there's a lot of platforms or chattings that you can 
where adolescents don't necessarily have to talk to their parents or ask their parents to go to a specific center physically but there are methods for um, consulting through the phone there's a a professional institution for consulting of suicidal or depressed or anxious or just uh, adolescents in south korea who just want to talk with someone right and there's the organization for you know so for the phone there is one for you can call the student number and kind of get in contact with one of their consultants and there's also a uh, website where you can just send your uh, send a message to a professional and they'll you know respond back with um, a good method of coping or like suggesting you visit or something like that and i think that's a really good step to start you know facing what you might be going through and i think sometimes you're really confused because you, you don't really know if this is depression or if this is anxiety and that fear or that uncertainty really comes over and i think just by talking to a professional if you're uncomfortable of course not the physical but you know the indirect indirect contact method um is the first step to go and open shell open yourself and and one day really go to an institution that to seek help and these are some of the methods that i've come up with and the last one is to plan a good morning and night routine uh, starting off your day good and ending your day good is a very good way to start your next day and what how i like to approach it is the day you want to start happy you know you want to re- reset yourself from whatever things that went on your last day and you want to be energized right in your night routine you want to uh reflect on your day to have a time to really devote to yourself and kind of get ready for the next day and i think this is setting a good night and morning routine which is i think there's a plenty of them on the internet you can try some of those there and you can try to start adjusting your morning and night routines what i found helpful in my experience with setting a good morning and night routine is that i never feel tired um in a sense i mean of course i'm always tired but like when you wake up i feel less tired number one is because i have a good sleeping time and wake up time i sleep at 2 30 and i wake up at 7 i believe at least i set my timer like that but i usually wake up at uh 8 30 and how i set the timer is one circadian i think how that's how i call it i guess like one night one sleep cycle is basically 90 minutes and 90 minutes when you wake up in between a sleep cycle um, then you're okay but when you wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle then you feel really cranky and that's why you don't feel refreshed after you wake up and therefore i like to keep my sleep ter- intervals in 90 minutes and by sleeping from 2 30 to 7 i believe then you have i think three or four sets of 90 minutes um and when you sleep for 8 30 that's seven and plus one one hour and 30 minutes which is 90 minutes so i usually wake up that during that time and that really um supports you to wake up fresh and clean and research suggests that you shower at night because you want to wash all of your dirt um off from the day and i like to shower at night because of that reason as well as i just by showering i just know that my day has ended and that's why i like to shower after my study and this can be kind of a tmi but this is also a method um you want a rewinding rewinding alarm like for example, I have my rewinding alarm set to 2 o'clock and then I'll close my laptop and with the 30 minutes that I have before I sleep, I will do all of my you know, showers and 
reading or stuff like that and i'll go to sleep at 2 30 or if it's late i'll go to three sleep at three but i will adjust my sleeping time based on the 90 minute clock and yeah that is kind of what i do and if i go to sleep at three then i can wake up at 7 30 or you know 8 30 so not 8 39 but it'll really depend on the class that i have next time so yeah these are some of the coping methods that i had oh my gosh it's already 36 minutes very long but i hope just talking to me ramble um kind of gave you a good idea on what you might be able to do because there are so much resources out there i just really wanted to make it concise to list down the things that i have and the things that are really thought was helpful to me so yeah this was my second episode of my three-part series and please stay tuned for the third episode which is going to be with a profess- professional and this will really help enrich my podcast series and also enlighten you guys with a lot of new information so please make sure to take care of yourself mentally and physically and oh don't forget that we talked about the social capital in the start of this podcast and yeah i hope you have a great day and i will see you guys on my next episode pretty soon bye